0: On this episode of AV Week, hybrid work, we're still figuring that one out. All that and more coming up on AV Week.
1: The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This This is AV. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation.
2: AV Nation is brought to you by. Sure, because every voice matters.
0: This is episode 626, structured, flexible, hybrid work, maybe. It's me, Brian, and this is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of all the news in the audiovisual world. I am your host, Brian Heidgerken. And joining me this week is Krista Bender, who is a client growth manager and hotspot trainer at Pivot Communications. Hello, Krista.
1: Hi, Brian. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. Also joining us this week is Jennifer Goodyear. She's the sales director at RT Sales, Wave It, founding board member, and host on the Women in AV podcast, which you can find at avnation.tv. Good to see you again, Jennifer.
1: Thanks for having me on, Brian.
0: No problem. Glad you're here. And rounding out our group this week is Bill Newman, Senior Solution Architect with Yalink. Welcome, Bill.
3: Uh, nice to meet you all and uh, glad to be part of the group.
0: All right. So this week's uh, first topic is uh, one that I feel like we talk about most of the time when I'm filling in for uh, Tim, but I think it's also something that our our industries are and all industries really are dealing with is this remote to work, hybrid. Uh, there's tons of technology solutions out there. And I think we've got that pretty well figured out. There's some great stuff coming down the pipeline. But the the tough part that we have yet to, to fix is, the hybrid work right how does that work outside of the technology we've got the technology we can make it work but how do you build the culture around it and make sure that the connections are still happening and when reading the story this week that was in av magazine i was remembering um when i was with another integrator another company earlier in my career i worked in a small branch office and so all of my meetings i joined through video conferencing, the old school video conferencing, you know, where you had the codec and you had to have a special room, not this really neat stuff to where you can do it from anywhere. Um, and we were talking with a video conferencing manufacturer and having our, our meeting with them and they were telling about all their great new products. And he kept on talking about how it was as good as being in the room. You know, video conferencing is just the solution that you don't even have to think about it anymore. And then I went and asked him a question, and I startled him because he had had us back to me the whole time with the monitors, and he goes, oh, Brian, I'm sorry, I forgot you were there. And I thought that was like a, that's something I've always remembered about video conferencing is, is like, okay, we aren't there yet, right? But I think since COVID specifically and with the new platforms out there and the new technologies, it's much better, right? We're all in the four pictures. Everybody's got their own little block. We've got cameras that can find each other. So again, I think the the technology part is really much further along than the rest of the part. And in this week's big news was Zoom has joined Microsoft and Apple and Google. And they're kind of like, all right, everybody, we kind of want you to come back at least a little bit. And, and I know there are some people business insider has said, this is the death of hybrid work. Um, but if you really get into the details, zooms asks, not that big, right? They're asking for two days a week. And only if you're 50 miles within 50 miles of one of their locations. Cause I know, I mean, I work from home hybrid. Clearly, all of you are working home from hybrid, right?
2: Actually, I'm full remote, Brian. I, I, oh, yeah, I've been full remote for over the, the, the past seven years.
0: So, th- th- I, and, and that's kind of the point, right? Is, is it can be done. I mean, I know that I work remote mostly, but even when I'm in the office, the teams that I work with are all over the country, right? So, whether I'm video conferencing from my office in a, in one of our locations, or I'm here in my basement, my workflow is still the same. So I I think the big, at least one of my big questions is, are they doing this because they can't figure out the hard part? And they're just like, you know, what, we're just going to bring everybody back in at least a little bit because we know that? Or is there actually a benefit to being there?
1: I think that hybrid technology is getting so advanced, at least from what I'm seeing and what our integrators are requesting product-wise. I think that everyone's so focused on meeting equity that they're actually accomplishing it. So I think that hybrid is working when you do want to work remotely. And I think it's kind of uh, dramatic to say that remote work is dead because I don't (laughs) Think it ever will be? (laughs) That's a little dramatic of a saying. So it um, sells
0: magazines, though. Yeah,
1: it does. Page
0: flips.
1: (laughs) It does. So, but I don't. I don't think that's true. And I think with all of the new technologies, AI giving everyone their own square voice lift. So even in your, if you're in the back of the room, your voice is just as loud as everyone else. I think that they're using hybrid more because it's becoming more efficient. And there is a side of it where it is nice to get in front of your team. And we all know that because when we go to Infocom, we're all so happy to see each other.
3: That's uh, that's so true. I think, as is usual, if we look at technology, the technology is, is certainly getting there. And that's the area where I play the most in is at the, at the device level. But someone who spends all day with devices, um, we have a tendency not we as AV industry, but we as a society, tend to let the technology get ahead of the human condition. That seems to be, although it is the most important factor, it is the last factor to be considered. So you take my micro example. Uh, I went full remote back in 2003. And if if the truth be told back then, I spent the first, the first year and a half, I spent as much time on the back of my motorcycle as I did at my desk. So I, I'll be the first to tell you that I did lose productivity because of that unsupervised environment. However, it doesn't take long to realize that if you're going to survive in that environment, you have to develop the discipline and the routine that pulls back your productivity. All right. So you do have to make a concerted effort to change your lifestyle. And that kind of blends into a topic that we won't go into today. But that is, is how far do you allow your profession to invade your private life? And, you know, in my case, uh, you know, being early in this trend, back when we weren't remote workers, we were telecommuters. Oh, right. If that's an old (laughs) word I can throw out there, I was a telecommuter all right and it does take a while to to figure out where that line is at all right now then you take the example of my wife and you know she's in accounting that is traditionally uh an office bound position and always has been uh whereas i've for the last 20 years been 100 percent remote and um when COVID came along and she was sent home. Now, fortunately, her particular company transitioned to full paperless some time ago. And even though she's uh, in accounting, she can do everything at home that she can do. But one of the strange remarks that she made to me, and it took me a little while to wrap my head around it, was that she actually wanted to go back because she missed the human interaction. No, I don't know what that says about me, because <laughs> we were in the same house all day long together, right? But uh, other than my voice carrying too far, um, she missed going in. And what I found truly surprising was that, you know, they were, of course, all through COVID, 100% remote, as everyone was. Uh, then they they had just completed a new $25 million headquarters building and if anyone thinks that that building was going to sit empty (laughs) they had another thing coming to them but the building was actually completed during COVID and now they've asked their people to come back three days a week and you know my wife is thrilled that she now gets to go back in and you know the only irritation she feels is that management can't make up their mind should it be two days a week should it be three days a week should it be every day every other week what the constant changing and unpredictability but what really surprised me and I don't think this is a generational thing I think it is a human thing uh, because of the age of the people who were saying it uh, you know that they were sent home to work they adopted or adapted to that new environment and now you have people who say, I shouldn't have to come into the office. Why should I have to report to work? I'm like, you know, your employee how, you, how do you tell your employer, keep paying me, but don't make me come to work? You know, it, it, that I found very surprising. But what I am seeing and what I think the net takeaway of COVID truly is going to be is that, you know, as Krista will tell you, remote workers have always existed. They always will exist. What COVID has done is expand the number of roles where you'll see dedicated remote workers and also um, will allow traditionally office bound employees to do some work from home. I think now we will always see an increasing trend of people returning back to the office. But what are they returning for? All right. uh, I think less and less we will see people returning just to punch that five day a week time clock, put their hours in and go home. When I go into a Yaleink office, I'm going in there for a specific mission. All right. And then I'm going about my other business. She goes in for her three days a week for specific purposes. And I think we'll see a lot more mission-oriented uh, presence in the office. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, we still have senior management. Some of the senior management still have very traditional ways of thinking, and they want their people in front of them to a certain degree. All right? And, you know, how far this goes, I think we'll just have to take a little bit of time and let it settle in. I don't think we're ever going to go back to, you know, the old days of five days a week punching a time clock for everyone who draws a paycheck. You know, those days are certainly gone, so remote work is not dead, that's hyperbole, all right? But I think that we will see uh, an increasing number of roles, and I think we'll see, uh, maybe not a significant amount, but certainly a noticeable amount of irregular schedules in the office, or abbreviated schedules in the office. And I think that has added to our quality of life. If you have the discipline and the routine to remain productive at home, as you are in the office.
1: Yeah, Bill to uh since you brought up a spouse, I'm gonna bring up my spouse's <laughs> job. Um he is an ER nurse and that is obviously a very taxing job on your body and you kind of have to be there in person to do that job. <laughs> and one day I was just simply curious because his knees were aching him. And I said, "What? what's the game plan when you are old enough that being an ER nurse is just too painful on your body and you can't keep up with it? And just right away he said, oh, I'm going to do telehealth. I'm going to be a remote nurse where n- the nurses that are on the floor that have questions, they don't know how to run the software. They're having charting issues. I'm sitting at a desk and I'm helping them remotely. And so that tells you right there, you can have a job that's as in-person as an ER nurse, and there's still a remote position that is waiting for you.
2: Yeah, that's definitely been the upside of COVID is that it really forced um, everybody to reevaluate that because that's a great example, Jennifer. Like I was reading articles about really remote places in uh, the United States where they just are not, maybe they're 50 miles or further from a local doctor and telehealth has really become popular for them to be able to actually talk to a physician or nurse to, to get the care they need. Um, I agree with Bill with a lot of the things he said, like when I became remote seven years ago, I immediately took over one of my bedrooms and it's my office now. Like it, Um, I don't sometimes, okay. Sometimes I'll be on my laptop downstairs in my library. Ooh, I sound fancy now or in my dining room. (laughs) But, um, for the most part, if I'm working, I come to my office because I've also set it up the way when I had to go to an office, like I have two giant monitors. I have like everything dedicated to how I like to comfortably work. Um so that's I think a really big important thing if you can do that if you are working from home and you'd like to work from home to give yourself that space so that you have a clear um line between work and um personal life then cuz I can just walk out of this room, close the door and I'm done. Um yeah, like I I think I would be like Bill's wife though cuz I'm a very personable person, I'm a very outgoing if 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 I was closer to my headquarters of work, they're all out in Utah and I'm in Philadelphia. And thankfully, they didn't want me to move to Utah because I'm an East Coast girl. I'm not moving out there. Um, So, like, being hybrid is not an option, right? Although I do see my colleagues, we do, like, work uh, excursions a couple of times a year, um, or at least we did before COVID. But, um, you know, it's, it's very interesting, too, because I think, like, when Zoom is thinking about these things, I I wonder if they're thinking about the whole employee experience, because there are people who did get forced into working remote um, or hybrid during COVID that maybe it was not a good choice for them. They are not um, regimented. They need, nobody ever wants to say, I need somebody looking over my shoulder, but they need that, right? They need that interaction with other people or that water cooler environment to talk things over. So going in and having the chance to go in and be a part of that a couple of times a week, probably um, to me, that sounds amazing. And that could be what Zoom is thinking is that I was I was reading an article actually earlier this week about how a lot of decisions get made. When it's small collective, a small collective group of people. So you could be in a huge like sales meeting or whatever meeting during with all your colleagues, but then a fraction of you, maybe three or four of you break off. You're probably talking about a specific project. And then that span of five or 10 minutes, you're getting things um, accomplished and knowing what next steps are. And that's the kind of thing that I feel you probably miss if you're remote or hybrid, you know, just having that chance to quickly grab somebody and say, Hey, let's quick talk about this. Yeah, we can do that with zoom or teams or anything else. I mean, I, since, we, since COVID, well, actually, even since I've been remote, anytime I'm on a video call, I always share my video, unless, like, for some reason I'm eating lunch or something, because I right. want people to see me, because, like, that's a huge thing is seeing somebody smile, see somebody frown, see somebody cross their arms, like, Krista, you're talking too long. Like, I, I need those visual visual <laughs> cues. So I totally think, like, we have all of that capability now. It's, it's just a reality of what is the mindset of the organizations that are trying to mandate people coming back. Is it that they want to fill these brick and mortar um, places because they're paying rent and all the utilities? Is it because they're caring about their employees and want them to have a better, more collaborative um, experience? Like, I think there's a lot of things that, are, that get wrapped up into it to try to figure out whether it's good or bad. And the reality is because now, unless you're a frontline, you know, nurse, police officer or something like that, you probably have the chance to be remote or work from home. So now I think employees actually have more leverage to be like, well, you know what? Forget it. I'm not coming back in because I can go work somewhere else and be remote or only have to go in one day a week. Whereas, you know, four years ago, we didn't have a lot of those options. So I think, you know, the employees are a bit more empowered with if they want it if they're not afraid of change to take advantage of that to be like okay i really want to be hybrid or remote what do i want to be when i grow up what do i want to do every day and then go and do that job
0: does this hurt zoom and you know microsoft did it too but does this hurt their business model by them is this them admitting that their product isn't Everything that they've told everybody, it is to where you know it's like, oh well, Zoom is great. You don't have to have people there, but then they're like, well, you actually kind of need to have people come back. Is is that, or is this just a, a reality check of as as you guys have all said, you know, the mix is the important part or the option.
3: If someone were to say that to me, the first question, I, the first thing I would suggest is, well, let's take away your UC platform and see how far you go, see what problems then develop. I don't think they hurt themselves. Uh, of course, there will be those who play that uh, aspect of it, but I think that you know anyone who denies um, the the human factor is doing themselves a disservice and or just not being frankly honest. The UC platforms aren't going to go anywhere, all right. The plateau in you know, and this was remarked in the in the article, the plateau in the revenue. Is is as much a factor as people making up their minds, all right, and saying, "Okay, well, I'm going to go with X versus Y." All right, Uh, I can tell you there are no lack of projects, (laughs) either Teams or Zoom. All right, in fact, I'm picking and choosing which ones that I get into because, frankly, I don't have the bandwidth to do it all. I can't find enough qualified technicians to 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 stand it all. Right, There's still a huge gluttony of capital available for these projects. Fortunately, much of these, many, much of the expense related to these are OpEx versus CapEx, so it's not as capital-intensive as the heavy iron that we used to, to sell back in the day, where we were putting in you know $100,000 bridges on a network. Uh, now it's all done in the cloud, so it's it's much much easier and as much as people say you know well, we're all coming back try to take away their chat try to take away their their video conferencing All right, and you very quickly find out how dependent we are on it all right I'm fortunate in that the human interaction I get I, I get through video because of the nature of the, the the work that I do I'm on video five six times a day with different peoples whether it's pre-sales post-sales planning meetings, uh, events like this, I have no lack of human interaction, even if it is at a distance, whereas, again, my spouse, she's in accounting, okay, she looks at invoices and PDFs all day, big difference, okay, so I don't feel like I'm on an island, but many people who aren't necessarily either sales or service oriented do have to find that that, that interaction somewhere. and uh, but they don't all want to go to work every day, oddly enough. <laughs> <laughs> they do like to work from home. all right. So I think there has to be uh, an offering or an open mindedness on the part of senior management to always make that part of the the plan. all right but uh, yeah, I mean it's it, 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 you, you can't do without it at this point. I mean, Zoom didn't get up. I mean, Teams didn't go from 60 million daily users four years ago to, over oh, what, close to, uh, close to or over 300 million daily users in this time period with there not being uh, a need for it. So this is a case of being at the right place at the right time.
2: That would be an interesting experiment, right, if they forced everybody in and took away their UC or chat or anything. and But then, like you know, sure, like if they're wanting to use the excuse, and I'm not saying Zoom is, but let's just collectively say they want people in the office because they think that's how they'll better collaborate. So then if they took away their UC and other tools, does that mean that how they do their meetings change? Because I'm sure a lot of you um, experience days where you have back-to-back meetings, right? And actually doing it virtually over UC or with Teams or Zoom makes it really handy, right? Because I end that meeting and I launch the next one, right? Like I'm sitting here so I can... Effectively do back-to-back. Yeah, I'll be tired mentally by the end of that, but I can do it Whereas if you're in a physical building that maybe is multiple levels or it's multi-campus on multi-building and you're expected to be in person Are they going to then allow that uh, travel time right to walk five minutes down there and then some uh, bio breaks and and all that so you know I, I I just that made me chuckle when you said that bill because it, yeah, like because when you start to think about it, like Yes, in-person is great for a variety of reasons, but um, I think if companies are going to do that, they really need to explain to their employees why they want to do that, right? What are their reasonings to do that? Exactly. To take from
1: Bill and Krista, Bill was talking about the different stages of planning, and Krista was talking about the efficiency that you can get from all of these hybrid workspaces when you're doing a pre-planning call, that doesn't necessarily need to be in person. And it's sometimes a waste of everyone's time when you can just hop on a Zoom meeting or a Teams meeting, have that pre-planning call, have that sales call and discuss the paperwork and the nitty gritty. And then when I need to show you a product in person, then we can do that because that's the appropriate time to be face-to-face. Precisely.
0: Well, Krista said something about you know there are days where you have back-to-back meetings and and I was thinking you mean there are days where you don't have back-to-back meetings?
2: <laughs> but usually, usually my Fridays I try uh, to keep open. Um, actually, my company we try to work just Monday through Thursday, right? But a lot of times Fridays I'll have rollover for me where if I didn't get anything done in the four previous days. That's kind of my catch-up time, but I purposely do not take any client meetings on Fridays. It's very rare. Like I only will if I'm working on a project with them that has like a deadline that we need to to meet or hit, or if there's like some emergency where something's on fire. But that very rarely happens, right? Because I think also collectively over the last few years, people have started to um, kind of embrace that Friday quiet, whether they're not working or they are trying to use that as a catch-up day, admin day, whatever you want to call it.
0: Mm-hmm. Meeting's length, right? That's something I'm starting to see a little bit is, is you're you're not locked into, because they are virtual, you're not locked into those half-hour, hour chunks. They're, I'm seeing more and more of... Twenty-minute meetings that start, you know, five minutes after the hour, and that gives everybody a little bit of a, a break between back-to-back meetings. Um, but it goes to that concept of the meeting should be as long as the meeting needs to be. One of the, that I, that phrase that everybody says, like, "Well, we're done early, so I'll give you some time back." And it's like, I hate, you know, it's like, wait, no, you're just not going to waste a bunch of my time by maybe me sit here longer than's necessary for us to do what we need to do.
3: Yeah, the time compression that we see is, from my perspective, uh, a source of irritation, if you will, because there's, there's for example, our portfolio, you know, we, we build UC hardware, and we do a lot of time in development, and, and it takes a little bit of effort to impart to someone the value in which what, what we do. Why is this important? Why will it matter to you? And what I have found from, you know, those would say, oh, you can never shut Bill up. And to a degree, they're (laughs) correct, right? But the fact of the matter is, is to for if I'm meeting, say, with an end customer and I I, that end customer, in my opinion, uh, isn't being done uh, justice if they don't come away with a good understanding of, of, of the solution and the product or what or more to the point how it's going to impact them. And that takes time. To, to set the stage, to explain the pieces, and then to produce the workflow. And, you know, this is good, this is a trade-off, you know, life is a compromise. And quite often, you can have fe- feature A, but you're gonna compromise on feature B. If you can live with that compromise, then you have a perfect solution. But if you don't take the time to draw out those subtleties, then by the time you get around to deployment, It really comes back to bite you, because if you don't explain it, then you live with their assumptions. Their assumptions, after a period of time, become fact. And as we all know, the secret to a happy customer is meeting or exceeding their expectations, which means you have to do a very thorough job of setting those expectations. And what I see too often is people wanting to do bullet point meetings. All right, let's get through all the high-level stuff. All right. and But that leaves an awful lot to interpretation. Now, I know I have a somewhat biased view on this subject of, of time because, again, it takes time to, to cover these details. And I really, really find it does disservice to everybody if you don't draw out, if you don't make the time to cover the details. All right. and, you know, like one person, cover your whole portfolio in 35 minutes and leave time for Q&A. I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> You know how that's just not possible right? it really isn't i mean yeah i could give you bullet points in 35 minutes but you're not going to come away with a comprehensive understanding all right and in many cases that can be in my case very well it can have uh long-term effects all right and i'm sure that applies to other uh professions as well and other specialities you know, if you only talk about the bottom line, you never talk about the you know the PNL that that produced that bottom line, or you know whatever the scenario may be. Sure. So I understand everyone's under tight schedules. Uh, I'm certainly far far more efficient in the office because I can help anyone anywhere in North America, which is my my patch. All right, um can't do that effectively, comfortably, effect, effectively from an airport waiting in line to get on a plane or, you know. But there are times that you do have to sit in the room, right, There, the, where that's appropriate. And I used to believe and you know, dating back to the heavy iron days where... I always thought you can maintain a relationship on video, but you should never really try to create a relationship on video. COVID has changed my, my thinking on that, in that I have created many great relationships over video, only to reinforce them more effectively uh, on in person later down the road. I don't know what your experiences are, but, you know... Um, Certainly, this whole scenario has opened my eyes on the effectiveness of it, but it's had the reverse effect in in time compressing everything,
0: which is where, like Krista said, having that fifth day of quiet time or off time really falls in.
2: Yeah, I'm failing at that today, by the way. Like <laughs> <laughs> after this, you know, I, I will have to do a little bit more work, but. You know, I was about to say, did we ruin your day? No, no, <laughs> this is Friday. delightful. But um, it, it saves me from talking to my dogs. Right, I'm actually talking to other humans <laughs> on a Friday.
0: <laughs> all right, well, excellent. I really appreciate the conversation. I think this is something that we're, as a society, are still working out. Um, You know, we've all had those relationships, like Bill said, to where. I know there are coworkers I work with that I've maybe met them in person three or four times, but I know what TV shows they watch. I know about their kids. And and, and part of that is being purposeful in your interactions to make sure you plan for some of that. So uh, again, thank you guys all for being here. I don't think we're gonna solve anything, but having the conversation helps, right? Getting those ideas out there. And there's, there's other things that are coming technology wise there's i've heard of and been really interested in this concept of body doubling for people that work from remote and work home from home to where there's actually people that are streaming themselves working and so you kind of have the noises and something of a co-worker nearby which for some people works out for some people doesn't and and it's just finding that niche that that works well for you but um Krista, if people want to get a hold of you outside of your appearances here on AV Week, uh, what's the best way for them to do that?
2: Sure. If they want to find me, um, you can find me on X, Twitter, whatever it is today. Um, <laughs> you can look for me by uh, AV Krista. That's Christ with an A. You can find me on Instagram that way, too, or Snapchat. Um, LinkedIn, Krista Bender, Bender Like the Robot. Um yeah, if you want to uh, find Pivot, who I work for, uh, to see how they hired somebody so amazing like me, you can go to their <laughs> website at uh, pivot.marketing, uh, and you can find them on you know the the socials as well. Pivot SLC for Salt Lake City because they're out in Utah.
0: I do have to admit, when I read your name, I did immediately think of the robot. So I'm sure. And that's a very
2: age thing. I'm finding now that I realize I'm getting older, right? Like I, I usually say, Bender, like the robot, and a few times lately, it's fallen, and I'm like, oh shoot, I'm probably old enough to be their mom. They don't know Bender the robot. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: criminal. <laughs> that's okay. It, it, it'll pop up again in a few years, and it will be it'd be all the all the rage. <laughs> Jennifer, if people want to get, get a hold of you or RT uh how do they do that
1: so i'm the most active on linkedin that's jennifer goodyear there's no a in that last name and you can find more information about rt sales on rtsales.com and please listen to our av nation women in av podcast
0: and you can find that at avnation.tv youtube everywhere that you find your favorite podcasts awesome excellent and bill when you're not out on your motorcycle, ignoring your phone?
3: Yeah, well, yeah when I'm not out riding around. Uh, um, I'm also on LinkedIn. I'm not on any of the other socials. Uh, but it's just Bill Newman. Uh, the easiest way to reach me is just to shoot me a mail uh, at Bill.Newman at YayLink.com. Uh, That's the easiest way to get me. Uh, On LinkedIn, I have all of my email address and contact details, phone numbers, and so forth. So
0: um, I keep that current. I like to be easy to reach. Awesome. Well, again, thank you guys all for being here this week. I look forward to uh, meeting you all in person sometimes. But, again, uh, have a great week. And check out avnation.tv or any place you find your favorite podcasts for more of AV Week or Women in AV, or any other AV Nation podcast. There's a new episode of Architect, where we explore relationships between architects and the technology industry. And I hear the host is a really nice guy. So check that one out too. For all of us here at AV Nation, I hope you guys have a great week, and we'll see you next time.